welcome to a brand new episode of Kids Ministry Real Talk. My name is Zach and I'm your host and this is the podcast where we talk real ministry for real people and today is a very special episode. I say that about all the episodes but today I mean it because I have a very special guest but before I introduce her I want to take a second and apologize because we've been a little bit late releasing this episode. And I wanted to take time to release this episode because it is VBS season. And uh, Vacation Bible School, we call our summer camp. So summer camp VBS, uh, I'll refer to it as summer camp from now on, but same thing. And uh, so I was actually um, the project lead for our summer camp this year. And obviously that's a crazy busy time. Summer camp is so fun. So I got a little bit behind on uh, my podcasting. So first off, I want to apologize, but I'm excited to release this episode because I want to debrief uh, how the our summer camp went and I brought in a special guest and she and I'm going to ask her all about her experience at our summer camp because she had a, a different experience. So let me just introduce her because you're probably dying with anticipation. This person I know more than any person in the whole entire world. And is my wife, Lauren. Lauren, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me into yeah. our spare bedroom slash podcast studio. No, the studio. We're here in the backroom studio recording. Well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, we've podcasted a little bit before. Yes. Nothing like this, but... This is official. This is big time. Yeah. Having you on the pod. I've and it. I think this is the first live guest that we've ever done. Uh, just giving everyone a little behind the scenes all all other guests have just been video calls and uh you can hear that in the audio a little bit but i've tried to make it as best as possible but we're doing this live Woohoo! well, well not live live but we're doing it together <laughs> so um yeah so our summer camp was um underwater themed or water themed it was called out of water and uh, we had, the story was, we had Norris the Narwhal, and he got out of water, and he was trying to find his way back home, and he met uh, Marina, the marine biologist, and uh, she kind of helped him throughout the five days uh, find his way, and they went to the water park, and that wasn't it, and then they went to... The car wash. The car wash, and that wasn't it, and then they went to... Uh, the Vancouver Aquarium, and that wasn't it. And then finally, he went into the ocean. And it was almost a little bit sad ending because he just walked off in the ocean. And then all the kids are like, oh, no, where'd he go? Some of the kids at the first week that camp ran, I heard, were crying when that happened because they were just like, no, he's leaving his friend. But it's like, no, that's actually like where he should be living yeah. is in the water. So that was a, a fun. We clarified the second week and we said, no, he came back and visit, and then he was he was there that day in costume. Mm -hmm. So that was all filmed on video. We rented out a elementary school to do it, so we decked it out with um, water things, coral signs. Did a opening session. So I want to break down just how we did our VBS, um, our summer camp, uh, just so you know structurally what we're talking about, and then we'll jump into. Um, Lauren, I want to ask you about your experience with your small group because uh, you had a little bit different experience mm -hmm. with um, some refugee children who are from different countries and uh, they got to come camp. But so before we get in that, so how we did our summer camp, uh, we 
check all the kids in. We had about 150 kids for our week. And um, we checked them into different groups, about six to eight kids per group. Um, then they went into an opening session. Uh, they had a worship team, which were all wearing lifeguard shirts. And we did three songs. We do some games by uh, our storyteller and uh, Marina. The, so there's characters on stage. They did games, sang some songs. And then broke out into some different blocks throughout the day before coming back for closing session. So the two big blocks, they did games outside on the field. We did different games. And then they did crafts. And then the other block was teaching and small group. And then they came back for closing session. And then they got checked out and went home. Mm-hmm. So the two groups that rotated through the blocks were divided by uh, age group. We did kindergarten to grade three, whatever kids are going into those those age groups. And um, we had the case to ones, I think, in one block and the twos and three groups in the other one. So it was nice because for games, you wouldn't have little kindergartners playing with the, the grade threes and things getting wild. They were more able to have fun with people around their age group. Yeah, for the most part, there's a couple parent request for certain kids but yeah so that was our summer camp um and it went really well lots of great stories um building relationships with kids um and yeah it was really awesome because we got to uh invite some kids who were new to canada so we have an organization it's called uh, new hope community services which is in the city that we are and we have partnered with them before, but this year we reached out and said, hey, we're doing the summer camp. We'd love to um, have some kids come, and they love that. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit about your group and your experience mm-hmm. with these kids. So, uh, the group had seven kids, and they were all from different countries, which is interesting, except for two that – or two – sets of siblings Um, but they all came uh, and were settled at this house and basically New Hope they have uh, families come and stay with them just for about one year until they have like the resources and the ability um, to live on their own and to find a job. So they partner with community members and it's great because our our church community gets to partner alongside them Uh, and you kind of care for a family and you help that family uh, to stand on their own two feet in Canada and kind of teach them about Canadian culture. So it was great because these these kids got to experience uh, summer camp in Canada, which is so different um, than what they've experienced in the countries that they that they grew up in um so that was really cool but uh, I had different ages of kids so I think I ranged from grade two to like maybe grade six uh we had a couple kids that were older come in with our new hope group just because they could and they all live in the same apartment building but they aren't necessarily all connected to each other all of these different kids um some connections are not really made because some students are way newer to the building than other students and they try and do group outings but if you some of the kids had their group of friends and those were the ones that they kind of hung out with regularly so when I got the students I thought that they might all know each other like quite well but I found out that two of them um only spoke Arabic they knew a little English like the term yes and no but uh no other other language uh other language elements of english so that was really fun it's crazy to think because we have partnered with them in the past and and 
like some people from our church have gone volunteered there and they've come to last year's summer camp, maybe the summer camp before. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's interesting to you look at them and it's like, oh, all these people are from New Hope and you just kind of assume they're all the same. But they're actually also different. Like they're from different countries, and they don't even have community among themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's it was really I think for you and for me like eye opening to see um, them kind of come in and the challenges that they faced and the different diversity they had. Totally. So it was really great because like day one, I got to forming a relationship with them because we would take a bus to go and pick up the students. So they were, their parents were so excited to have somebody coming to take the students to go and do something for a day. And the kids just loved it. So the first day they were already pumped to be there. But um, when we got into like opening session, they kind of heard that the songs were a little bit about God, at least the ones that could speak English and could understand. Um, and I think at first they were like a little bit like, what am I getting myself into? Because it was very new for a lot of them. Some of them haven't even had a chance to go to school in Canada yet or haven't been interested in going to school just because they don't speak uh, very much English. So this experience of coming into a crazy party room with everybody singing songs and and fun lights and crazy music was kind of I think something that they were hesitant about so I tried in that bus on on the first day to try and develop a relationship as much as I could before we got into that unfamiliar space because then at least I could be a touch point for the students Um, and I tried to develop the relationship but I thought I need something to kind of fast track me along the way there and one thing I used is I had this shark and I called it I don't know I called it sharky or something and this shark was like my bus captain I called it Um, but this shark was like our group's um, mascot for the week and I allowed this different students to hold this shark and I think they really liked having a connection that it's like, I have this thing and I want to give it to you. And they understood that regardless of language and regardless of like life experience. They're like, oh, this thing goes along with the under the water theme and it's cool and she wants me to hold it. And I think they felt that sense of excitement. Yeah, that gift and that shared experience, that connection Mm -hmm. that just transcends Mm -hmm. lots of different cultures. Definitely. But the day went well overall, like games and and activities. Uh, I tried to explain in as clear English as I could. Um, And a lot of it was just learning by example and me trying to figure out on my feet, not knowing beforehand that these two kids only spoke Arabic, uh, trying to figure out on my feet how to how to explain to them what was going on. So I would just use my loud voice and uh, as clear of language as I could, and I would demonstrate as much as I could what the students would be doing. Right. And that was nice. You had another girl come who could translate halfway through the week, right? Halfway through the week, yeah. I had one other girl that, that came to camp, and she spoke Arabic, so it was so nice to have that. And then later on in the week, we found out that one of our leaders uh, actually speaks Arabic, and she was able to have words with these kids right. in their like language, and I think it made them feel so special and so connected. Yeah. So like looking back on next year, I would love for her to have a connection with the kids uh, that might be speaking languages if she knows languages or for us to put, be putting a call out to people just because I think it's so important for those kids to feel comfortable and to have somebody that speaks their own language. It's 
in and even learning if we want them to learn about Jesus like people should be learning in their language of origin and then can translate it to the, the language that they're learning right um so i think like this week was fun for them it was an introduction for those two students to canada they might have understood a little bit about jesus and his love for them but ultimately like i think it was great that we were a church and we were a community and we came around them and loved them and supported them but it would be so amazing next year if we could have somebody that could communicate with them and share share a little bit more about who jesus is and who could translate the story for them because that was a bit of a challenge a whole 20 to 30 minute block of them sitting there not understanding right what's happening i let them braid my hair (laughs) it was one of my strategies just trying to keep them busy so that they wouldn't get uber bored during that time as well right yeah it's crazy how our church can do so much but looking at what is the actual need and what's the benefit because we partner with this organization which is awesome and support them and and do this stuff but having these kids come and the um director there was super grateful and i think it really helped and we can talk about that but and um even our congregation sponsored all these kids to come it was like 125 dollars each and like within our first service all the kids were sponsored like people still asking oh i'd love to sponsor no we already sponsored them all like so that was pretty cool to see but then even after all that, it's like, okay, how are we actually helping these kids? And so what do you think were some of the biggest benefits throughout the week and that you experienced? Like even we got some feedback from the, the workers at the community service. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one one girl, she was older, and she's lived at, at New Hope the longest out of all of the kids. So she kind of has a sense of entitlement a little bit. Um <laughs> Yeah, I would say. But she was she just wants to connect. That's all she wanted was to connect. And the first day we noticed that she was kind of um, thinking that she was too cool for camp, like standing off to the side and not wanting to participate. So I saw that automatically. And and um, me and my other group leader, we said to each other, we need to do something about this. So we talked a little bit with our our, um, missions coordinator who was there for our first day and asked if who works for village who works for for, our church yeah who works for the church uh and asked her if we could give this girl a role kind of a leadership role as like a leader in training which are a group of of older students that we had at camp so with that role comes a different colored shirt and certain responsibilities like modeling activities for the other students and being engaged in it and leading in by example um so i talked to with her and I asked her if she would be interested in that role and she seemed to be really excited about it Um, so that gave her a little bit of um, an opportunity to to take a leadership role even within her community back at home she she could carry that home with her and yeah it seemed to work really well for the rest of the week she was very engaged she didn't want to just sit off to the side Um, she felt that sense of like excitement over that role and what came along with it which was like carrying a bag and and wearing a different colored shirt Um, but it seemed to be a way to have her be able to connect into our greater community right it's cool to see that it's not crazy concepts that we're talking about here. Like what she needed was the same thing that we talk about with kids in that age group. So we have a leader and training program, an LIT program and a junior leader program. 
and it's like hey she actually fit those age groups so it's like would you want to be a lit would you want to be a junior leader Mm -hmm. and that actually helped her and really supported you know the mission that we're kind of focusing on and helped us to be able to manage behavior and and all of that it's that is sometimes can get can get confusing and complicated when you have seven kids you're unfamiliar with and you're right. trying to get keep them all on a common course and doing a common cause. It's like that whole behavior portion of it is is really important. So it, it allowed her to channel her behavior into something that was productive for the whole of the group, which right. I think is essential when you have a child that um, you're having difficulties with. Give them something that motivates them to manage their behavior, to self-regulate their behavior, and then you won't have that challenge as much anymore. Right. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think, because last year, all the groups were, all the kids were divided into different groups. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, we thought it'd be better to have all the kids in one group. And a lot of that came from um, kids' parents were there last year. And they kind of like took them out of groups and like we <laughs> had a couple of like, where are these kids? Not realizing their parents were there. So keeping them together. How do you think that changed the dynamics and what do you think is the best way to go about that? Well, from the feedback that we received from New Hope, it seemed like doing it all as one group was really beneficial. I think the students there, some of them have relationships and some of them don't have relationships with each other. So if we can maximize relationships that will continue past um, camp for this community, I think it's so beneficial to do that. And that's actually what happened. I found out uh, uh, after camp that the two students that were brand new to, to New Hope, to the um, housing facility, they uh, that only spoke Arabic, they weren't really connecting with the other students. They didn't want to go to school. They didn't go to school um, at the end of the school year this year because they didn't have a connection. And all these students all go to the same school too. Um and they just they weren't integrating well with everybody else uh and apparently after camp they would hang out with the other students afterwards and they were motivated to actually get up and come to camp which was a big thing for these two students who weren't even motivated to get up and go to school so things like that seeing this group kind of develop together and and then they have communal things that they share at the house like they all went for slurpee day and those students will be more more likely to want to go to things like that if they have a relationship with the other the other students that are refugees that are at New Hope at that time. Right. And even help like us allowing or creating a space to help those students develop that culture can change the parent culture there too. I don't know what it looks like, but it could be divided. But think about these people all experiencing similar things and maybe working together, uh, supporting each other in certain ways can be so, like such a beautiful thing. Right. So I think that's important. But on the other hand, I also think our relationships with the students uh, as leaders is really important and after what they've experienced as refugees it made my heart really sad like being with them for a whole week and then now saying sorry like I'm not going to see you for a little while because I think they've been through so much trauma and inconsistency that consistency in relationships seems like it would be really key for these students so I I'm now trying to make an effort to continue those relationships because I think that consistency is so integral to them and because they're so unique and they're great and lovely kids and they just need 
loving adults besides their parents to care for them. And hopefully we can provide that for them and help them maybe over the summer get to a better place than they were before and actually feel motivated to go to school and, and have some English skills and some context of Canadian society where they can can begin to integrate in some ways. Right. Yeah. It's funny hearing you talk. You have such a teacher. I should have said at the beginning, Lauren, <laughs> you're a teacher by trade. So you have that that mindset of looking through calling these kids students. I'm just like these little kiddos <laughs> and you're like these students and how they develop and so yeah, that that I think that consistency that you talked about is huge for them just getting like they're here now. And it's horrible what happened to them, but they're here. So let's try to help them have the best experience here and have a life that's functioning. And that consistency is so important for those kids' development and Mm -hmm. and to build healthy relationships. And And I think also like for their experiences and what they've they've been through – good or bad like we don't know these students are refugees that doesn't necessarily mean that they've all had very traumatic experiences we can guess we can speculate but we don't know so we shouldn't judge them based on that merit i think but but thinking about the type of care that they may need that may differ from another child i think consistency is so important and i think if we spread them out among groups it might help some more leaders to get connected to a local missions aspect um, such as New Hope. But I also think that there's opportunities where one leader doesn't go and visit and all the other leaders do go and visit and that student feels sad and left out because that didn't happen. So I think having the, the whole group from New Hope all remain together and having leaders that are um, excited to continue these relationships is almost integral for a student group of this kind if we're bringing them in to our our church summer camp because they because of of the types of, of students that they are we need to look at them not the same as as our regular church attenders we need to look at them as people that may have not come to church before and we need to care for them that way uh, in continuing relationships right I think. But I think even as we debriefed with our team and heard stories, um, and we even had a dinner last week about with all our key volunteers, and we I asked like, what was the best part of the week, and was like the thing that we have to have next year, like from my experience that you had at camp, and every single person talked about an idea about relationships, like relationships with parents or relationships with kids, relationships with each other. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here is this, this relationship. Mm-hmm. And even I just think about almost this like false sense of relationship we have with our kids who come to church every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. And obviously they have relationships with other kids and their school, but you're going to meet with them again this week. Like, I don't think any other leader is going to, like, hang out with their group of kids after camp. It's Isn't it funny how between kids' ministry and youth ministry, things change? Like, you're a kid, therefore I'm not going to continue my relationship weekly with you. But as soon as you're a youth... You now come to this youth event every week. We talk on a deeper level maybe. I feel like maybe we should continue this relationship outside of just the parameters of youth. Right. Uh, 
that type of a thing. It's so interesting how, how, and even within camp, like camp is at a different level with youth because they're older and you stay overnight. So you, you gain that, that depth of relationship, which almost carries through the week more in, in communication even, but at a youth or at a, a kid level, like a kidsman level, you don't have that weekly communication it's more through the parents if you wanted to and yeah and, and th- that's part of the vision too like i the think even our vision is to to equip parents mm-hmm. to to they're their spiritual leaders of their household and and we want to form relationships yeah it's a it's interesting that dichotomy that's kind of relationship versus equipping mm-hmm. and you can have both but what's the right amount of each and I think the juggle that we have here is the the in like the relationships on a Sunday level are great for kids, but sometimes there's inconsistency because families come at different times. We have four right. services, so we have some families that come at different times. Yeah. We also have leaders who serve every second week instead of every week and who serve at different services as well. So consistency with the leader to kid that you're going to get every week is quite different. Right. So you can develop relationships as much as you want at the 1040 service over the month, but those students you might not see regularly. So how deep are relationships going to go if you don't have that time, that regular time together? Whereas in a camp, you're with them for for six hours for five days straight so you can gain that relationship depth right but unless you continue it in a a way that you still consistently somewhat consistently see those students then the relationship just kind of strays a little bit right i don't know if if there's necessarily anything wrong with that i think multiple connections are great connections uh for our church communities but for our the people that we're reaching that are unchurched, it might be sometimes like parents come to Christ because their kids come to Christ. hundred percent. We've seen that with lots of our families, which yeah. is amazing. So how do we maximize relationships with students and parents through those relationships to deepen those from a kidsman standpoint? Yeah. That would be a question for consideration that I have no clue about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think even, um, James Emery Wright, white, who's, uh, uh, he's written lots of books. You can look him up. Uh, he says in one of his books, looking at like even the next generation, um, it talks about the nuns and it's N O N E S of people who don't associate with anything. They are not Christian, not any religion. They're the nuns. And this kind of category of people is growing and, so, but these still value um, certain things. So they'll look to their kids to sign their kids up uh, for, you know, oh, we, we need to go to church for the kids or we need to send these kids to even like a Catholic school or a Christian school or send them up, sign them up for these kind of things so they don't become murderers. So he, he says that Alpha and uh, family ministries are statistically the only effective ministries uh and i think that's more true either in the north we're in canada so if you look to some of the northern states in in america i think that'd be true but different as you get down south and and even we're on the west coast so that has some differences too Mm -hmm. but he's in the east coast and even the socioeconomic like area that you're in can affect totally 
the types of people that live in that that area as well too and their belief systems and all of that so what would you say lauren as you're you have this experience with these these kids and there's lots of um kids pastors youth pastors next gen pastors even kids volunteers listening as they're looking to see okay there's someone different coming to either on sunday or maybe looking out to reach a different source even what you're saying different social economical people or different cultural backgrounds from different countries or even different religions in some senses for different events that people are what would you just give advice to maybe someone who's interacting with that for the first time obviously you're not an expert and neither are neither am i or neither have we as a church but I think it's good to just start this conversation and think, how can we just look outside of ourselves? So what would be some of your advice? I would say love like Jesus does, like be his hands and feet to the people. I think we have to leave all of our own. We all have biases. We have stereotypes. We discriminate. Though we may not recognize it or realize it, we were raised in a certain way and that affects who we are, regardless of if we're Christians or not. We should be active in in recognizing those biases and growing away from them. Uh, I, I can say even for me, like a dual language bias is something that totally existed in my life where I didn't understand uh, what is the point of learning another language? And I just viewed people that had two languages as like, oh, great, good for you. But there's so many, like actually understanding that that, that was a bias and that was a way that I viewed other people as different than me. But then understanding all the benefits and the great things that come along with, with that. I think uh, us recognizing our own biases can allow us to become the best version of ourselves because we can grow away from from those negative uh, subconscious things that we that we hold dear to. Uh, and I think to do like to do that, we need to be close to Jesus and we need to be his hands and feet to the people. So if new people are, are coming into our church, people that are different than us are coming to church. Hallelujah. Like that is great. We don't want to just be reaching people that are the same as us. Like we want to be reaching everybody. If we have a diverse town, a diverse city, we want to be reaching everybody in that city. So we should be seeing so many people that are different than us be at our church and be in our church community. Therefore, we should just love them like we love everybody else. We should respect them like we respect everybody else. We should watch what we're saying and be aware. We should be sober-minded so that we can do that well, Uh, not be super hyped up on coffee and a little bit crazy and, and overrun with thoughts. We should be emotionally stable and getting the self-care that we need getting our quiet times so that we can be best prepared to go into to situations go into conversations with people where we can we can be god to them and i think that also comes with praying pray your way through it i don't know what i would do that week without prayer and without focusing on god and just saying god teach me what to do in this moment because sometimes we don't know and sometimes we're just stuck and I had one of the little girls that doesn't speak English uh, in kind of this water balloon fight. And she didn't know what was happening because we couldn't really explain it to her. And she got second day, she got hit in the face with a bl- water balloon and it exploded on her. And she didn't understand what was happening. And I just thought, 
oh my goodness, I made the biggest mistake in the world in not like allowing her to watch before playing. And I went up to her, I hugged her, she was bawling her eyes out and I just tried to be there for her. And of course, like a typical kid, like 10 minutes later, she was so excited to be playing the game. But in those moments, I was just like, God, teach me what to do in this moment. Teach me what to do in this moment. And though I'll make mistakes, like learning from those mistakes and knowing okay what should I do next time and I would say I would recommend if you if you have somebody that's doesn't speak English or doesn't speak English well I would say always model before doing and that's something that I had to learn quickly in summer camp maybe it's somebody that's coming to church for the first time and they're trying to check their kids in and they don't speak English well that then model do it for them come alongside them and really um just help help them try and empathize with where they're at because I don't understand that but I sure as heck understand that it would be really difficult to be in that situation so just be what you think that those people would need if you were in that situation too right. I think what do you think the church can do better especially churches in like multi-ethnic cities or towns what do you think or even just some of your thoughts around like how the church could be reaching people or be more even just aware of those different things happening. I think we have to be in the places that the people are. So like I think we're aware that we have a diverse city and maybe we know that there is we we just had in our city there was a thing that's called the fusion festival and it's kind of this festival of all different cultures it's like why are we not there you know what i mean there where 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 people are from all different cultures uh why are we not in the the places within our city that uh, this cultural group resides we need to be present in all of those spaces and i would also say like present in all of the schools too because schools are the hubs of the children that are growing up and I think if it's just having teachers that are present if it's having community support workers that are present there if it's having and anybody us uh, our church runs a, a back to school program where they they um do a bunch for families that are lower income back to school we need just to just to be where people that are of different ethnicities are because every, in our city there is so many so many places that they are in our neighborhoods even we need to not just flock towards the people that look like us and think like us we need to flock towards the people that leave their music loud uh, all throughout the night and and do things a lot differently than us we need to surround ourselves with those people and reach out to those people I think it's hard as a new Christian to do that because you're just becoming comfortable discipling but we should we should be Jesus to everybody around us everybody we come into contact with at work everybody we come into contact with when driving people within our community at community events people within our neighborhood and those people will most likely look different than us will most likely think different things than us so we shouldn't be afraid of the difference but we should be excited for it because then it allows us to learn a lot about ourselves right that's awesome yeah i think that's great did you have fun at camp 
I did. It took a while to get there, but by the end of the week, I was like, I wish we had another week. It was so good. Uh, And by the end of the week, I had my whole new hope group sitting down together under during small group, not talking about Jesus, though we did a little bit, but sitting down together in a circle playing Go Fish. And this card game, my two students that spoke Arabic understood how to play by watching, and we all played it together. And we all had fun, and everybody was laughing. And honestly, on that last day, when that happened, I was like, oh, my heart. Like, this is what we do this for. And I think that really integrated well into the New Hope community because those kids that weren't integrated before, by the end of the week, felt it. And I hope this week, tomorrow, I'm actually going to hang out with them. I hope tomorrow they'll be able to also feel that uh, that uh, community, sense of community. And hopefully I'll be able to even connect them more to the different families too. Right. That's awesome. Any final thoughts? you want to tell the people Mm, no but you're doing good things people kidsmen is not always the easiest but it's so great because kids kids deserve to hear about jesus and deserve to have their lives um centered around him and i think through kids ministry you have this great place to be able to do that but i would say keep asking questions keep trying to figure out how to do it better because i think Sometimes we settle for what we have, but we can always be serving the people in our community to a better extent and to a greater pace. And and we want to do it not at the expense of our self-care, but um, to truly honor and glorify Jesus Christ. So that means doing it with our whole being and and our whole being being filled with, with uh, the Holy Spirit. And that comes through our own self-care too. So we need to be in this, like, I would almost see it as, like, an interconnected circle of self-care, discipleship, um, and just loving the people around you and seeing the best in them, uh, regardless of of the situations we come against. But you are doing awesome, everybody that's listening to this podcast that is either involved in kids' ministry or maybe just interested in it. Get involved. It is great work, kids. They're so eager to learn, and a lot of what we do during their developmental years can shape the people that they are to become. And I don't think our day and age is an easy age to grow up in. It's not an easy easy age to find your identity in. So, like, the work that you are all doing for kids' ministry is allowing these these lost students to find hope in something that's greater than themselves. And, and I think it's probably making their lives a little less traumatic, a little more joyful, and a little more um, beautiful. Nice. Awesome. Do you want to plug anything? I have nothing to plug. <laughs> you want to throw out your Instagram account or something? No. No, it's private, isn't it? I think so. And plus, like, I don't ever post anything on Instagram. But if you want to follow me, my Instagram account name is Lauren Asaurus. It's like Zach Asaurus, but it's Lauren Asaurus because we're both dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you want to reach out to Lauren, you can send us a, an email at kidsministrypod at gmail.com or um, even check us out on Instagram at kidsministrypod. Um, 
on Instagram, Kids Ministry Real Talk. And uh, yeah, shoot us a DM and well, I'll pass it on to her. Or uh, yeah, shoot us an email. I can forward that to her as well. But Lauren, thanks so much for talking about your experience at camp. I hope it was good. I know I put a lot on your plate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And ministry, ministry, kids, men, uh, spouses, you are doing the work of the Lord. You are doing a great job, man. Awesome. That week was hard. Yeah. But it was good. Ultimately. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, we're excited to... Uh, uh, keep talking. We'll have a, a new episode next month. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Good luck to you all on your VBSs this summer. We are praying for you. The God who came to save me from my sin became a man. He lived a life I could not live and died as heaven's lamb. This has been an Extend Network production.